Hello everyone, welcome to the Odd Drummer Gaming Podcast, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. In this episode, I plan on talking about All of Us Are Dead, new-ish to Netflix, the South Korean zombie apocalypse type pandemic series. Uh, I just finished it last night, I believe, or two nights ago, and we'll get to it. Uh, today, I am recording this on February 17th, 2022. I, as of today, I still have not finished the last two episodes of Cowboy Bebop, the live-action Netflix series. I plan on watching them, and I plan on doing episodes, and I have episodes recorded. Um, I haven't. I want to go through them and kind of edit them a little bit. I believe, as of right now, I released Binary Two-Step which I liked, and so far it was my favorite episode of the series. And if I'm being honest, I'm not really in a rush to finish the series. They they tried it out, they gave it 10 episodes or 12 episodes or whatever, and it was not entirely successful because they canceled it. I'm glad they did it, I'm glad they tried it. I wish it done. It had done better. I wish it was better overall as a series. And I'm, I remember I was gonna I was gonna sit down and watch like the sec, I only have two episodes left and I was gonna watch the last, the second to last episode. And then at the last second, I was like, I, I am not in the mood to really watch this right now. So I ended up not watching it. So I still have two episodes left and I, I am looking at episode seven and episode eight, Galileo Hustle and Sad Clown A Go-Go. Those are recorded. I, I just want to listen through them and edit up edit them down. I think I recorded those back in November, possibly December, but I I did kind of want to talk about All of Us Are Dead because I think it's kind of popular. What's been going on with me? Not much. We just passed Valentine's Day. I, I won't get too hard into it, but, um, you know, my wife and I celebrated. We, you know, she's, I don't know if it's typical. She's kind of a typical girl lady woman she likes all the stuffs we went out to well we had a couple's massage which uh, i i can already see people who are listening leaving the podcast and that's fine but we had a couple's massage i don't understand i don't really understand why she likes it that much because our heads are we're on our stomachs facing down our heads are in a hole and that's not sexual um they're actually in a hole i'm getting a massage we can't see each other we can't look at each other we can't speak to each other we we can barely we barely exist i mean we barely know each other exist during the hour that the massage is happening but she likes it and i like massages because i have back issues and i work in an amazon warehouse but this was one of the most in this was probably the in, most intense massage i've ever had and i've had a ton of massages because as i said i have back problems but at, this was like a thai massage in rancho cucamonga and we had never been there before and one of the questions the masseuse asked me was can i step on you and i was like oh my this is going to be intense and i said yes but in my mind i was like lord jesus yes thank you thank you for asking thank you for being here Thank you for sharing your experience with me. And then towards the end of the, like, so they had those bars on the ceiling. And so they were, you know, they were holding onto the bars, putting on her full weight onto my back, not just the back, but shoulders, neck. And then I flipped over and she, her foot 
was inches away from my ball sack. I'll just be honest. I was a little concerned because the they had the sheet over me. I'm like, you know, a second to the left or right, and we would have had a lawsuit on our hands. Um, I would have sued her for the, the pleasure sensors would be too high. But no, everything was fine. And um, But she was going on full pressure, like her full body weight on like the in the inner areas of my legs and it it was great though i feel like i needed it i feel like we all needed you know a, an hour just to put pressure cuz we're we're always like sitting up standing up our necks and shoulders are always upright and we we have all this pressure i feel like it's good for your mental health your physical health so i like getting massages and i feel like i can't even say that word i like getting them i feel like we we should all get them at least you know semi regularly and i know it's expensive and i know it's a luxury thing and not every can, everyone can do it i can barely do it but i feel like we need it we just need you know a, a time to relax anyway then we went to kabuki in rancho at the victoria gardens in rancho cucamonga got got our sush on it was it was a nice time and um let me get off that. I, I'm I'm boring myself talking about this. But um, what else? I started watching the TV show Euphoria because I heard there was nudity in it. I couldn't get to fir- the past the first episode. I like Zendaya. I thought she was the best part of Spider-Man: Homecoming. She was she was be- she was given the best lines. She was very weird, very quirky, and I she was very funny. She she made that movie for me. Um, and then her character kind of gets less and less with with each subsequent installment. But I like her as an, a performer. I like Sydney Sweeney. She's a beautiful girl. And her scene was intense and nice, I'm going to say. But the scene that I had to stop was, I forget her name, but it was like a skinny white girl at the party. And then the, the buff white dude was um, kind of bullying her. And then she goes nuts and like grabs a knife. And she goes well, you want to go? You want to go? And he's like, I was just joking. And then she, and the, uh, everyone's looking. And then all of a sudden she goes, uh, I think her name's Kat. I don't know. She's like, oh, I'm Kat, by the way. That scene for me was so ridiculous. I thought it was kind of dumb. I'm like, oh, I, I went to Catholic private high school, so I just couldn't relate to it. And I'm sure in high school, I'm sure, you know, people have house parties and they drink. I, I just... I wasn't really into that scene, so I I couldn't relate to the scene at all. And I thought the scene was so ridiculous that I was like, this is kind of dumb. And I didn't want to continue with the show. I didn't finish the pilot. And even though there was some good nudity in it, and I'm sure there's more nudity in the series, I don't plan on continuing the series. It's just not for me. Um, What else has been going on with me? I've been enjoying Tetris on the Switch and Solitaire, although I haven't played in a while. I did watch the Nintendo Direct. That's the thing with these things. I I was excited. I I was talking to my friend Germsboro, and I told him I'm excited that there's like... 800,000 people watching this live because that just kind of proves that the whole world 
the the world sucks right now and everyone's bored and they're craving news they're craving gaming news they're craving craving entertainment but his contort not contort but his counter argument was well i i believe the switch has sold 100 million and less than 1 million is watching and i was like well that's a good point but i would imagine maybe 100 million of those switches sold were bought by parents and grandparents and or and people who aren't able to watch this event live on their phones or whatever um, people who have jobs people who are busy maybe people who aren't interested in watching it live maybe they just want to see the highlights afterwards i don't know but the thing that happens with these things is is i don't remember how long it was maybe an hour maybe 40 minutes and the anticipation is great and you watch it and it's exciting but uh, like most things you kind of walk away only being excited for one or two things in the whole segment that's what happens to me anyway so for me i was probably most excited for nintendo switch sports and that's mostly because of nostalgia because i i remember i have really good memories of wii sports and like 2006 working the overnight shift at target and i didn't i didn't even know what wii's were i remember a co-worker was like oh the, they got wii's coming in and i had no idea what she was talking about and i thought she meant w-h-e-e-z-e i was like does weezer have a new album out um i had no idea what she was saying talking about but that was the year that i got a wii i also got a ps3 and those were very out of stock at that time and i remember playing wii sports and i remember setting up like the and playing bowling and it was just a fun time like it was very new and novel and innovative and it was cool so i'm excited that there's a sequel of sorts coming to the switch i already pre-ordered it i did not sign up for the play test or whatever i think it's tomorrow but that should be cool and i know tons of people are excited for uh, earthbound i've never played it so i i'm not part of that camp i don't know uh, i'll check it out but i've never played it i keep checking the store.nintendo.com for a nintendo 64 controller i i want to get the expansion pack on the nintendo switch online service but i'm concerned about playing something like ocarina of time ocarina of time with the Joy-Con controls or what have you. Germs Burrow said he tried it out and the controls are wonky. So I don't I don't know. I don't want to bite the bullet and upgrade to the family the the what do you call it expansion system, expansion pack without an N64 controller. I don't know why why you wouldn't make more controllers i mean people are aching for them they're sold out as are the snes controllers as are the sega controllers again maybe it's a COVID thing hopefully they get more in stock soon ps5 i believe are still out of stock i have mine so that's not an issue um what else happened in nintendo direct splatoon it doesn't affect me i played a few minutes of the first one and the second one they're not really for my game what for my game they're not really for me. Uh, maybe I should try them out some more, but I know some people love those games. They're not really for me, so Splatoon 3 is kind of whatever for me. I'm looking forward to Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I'm not super excited for it, but I, I want to check it out. I'm looking forward to checking it out. And that's all I can remember. There was some Assassin's Creed stuff, I think. I saw a notification today for a trailer for a Majora's Mask coming to the Switch Online service. Same thing. I mean, I just, I wish, just get, get some more, start building some now. 
build one custom especially for me, just me i'll pay you 49.99 possibly 59.99 for the aforementioned controller that's that's really all i can remember from the nintendo direct i i can't i can't remember anything else let's get to all of us are dead i'm going to log on to my letterboxd account i'm on there as drum j8 d-r-u-m-j-8 if anyone wants to follow me and make fun of my reviews i i like to put longer reviews because i just like to put my thoughts down i know some people like to put like a few only a few words or one line i think those do better in terms of getting possibly more views or likes or whatever because they're funny and they're quick and people can read them in two seconds which is fine but for me i just i have thoughts when i watch stuff and i like to put down my thoughts and i think when people see paragraphs and paragraphs it's kind of a turnoff which i totally get and when i see when i see paragraphs i probably won't read it on on instagram when people post on their stories no offense but some people post paragraphs of texts on their insta stories i i'm just gonna go ahead and be honest i never read them ever even if they are my friends especially when they are my friends i probably sorry if you hear my dog i pro i tend to stop uh, clicking on on their stories when i can see that they post paragraphs i have a friend i won't name him I I don't think he's listening to this. I don't think anyone's listening to this, but that's fine. He he started posting paragraphs and I stopped tapping on his Insta stories. But then sometimes he posts stories of his cats and I like cat pictures. I like cat videos. So it's a conundrum. I'm conflicted. I don't know what to do with my life. Uh, Real quick, I'm looking through my letterboxd diary i I don't want to go through all of them because that's just going to be a bummer i'll go real quick ghostbusters i don't think i've ever seen the first ghostbusters in its entirety ever because i watched it recently and i i liked it a lot but i couldn't remember any of it so i think it was the first time i saw it in um ever and i liked bill murray a lot he was very funny to me and the only thing i remember was don't at the beginning egon says don't cross the streams never cross the streams and then at the end they said oh we need to cross the streams which is a a gimmick or a plot device or a trope that they've i I, i'm sure that ivan reitman didn't invent that but that's been a trope that's been used plenty since then but ghostbusters i liked i gave it three and a half stars because there was a chunk in the middle that i I got bored but i did like it quite a bit there was i i watched a movie called bastille day which i believe the there's an alternate title called the take and it stars idris elba and richard madden of cinderella game of thrones and eternals fame i watched it because there was a, a little preview of the take and and he's a pickpocket and icarus from eternals is a pickpocket and for some reason that fascinates me i like i like pickpockets and i like uh, dealing with attention and magic and magic tricks i went down a rabbit hole a few years ago on apollo robbins and he did a really famous really great uh, ted talk on the power of attention and attention is a powerful thing so the fact that icarus from eternals was playing a pickpocket i i was fascinated so i watched it and 
part of that movie was very dumb parts of that movie was were ridiculous but i enjoyed it i thought it was ridiculous that idris elba was playing a an american richard madden who is a scottish actor was playing someone from vegas and i believe in my review i said kudos to richard madden for pulling off an american accent without pulling off an american accent because he didn't really sound american but i know he was trying to do an american accent he didn't sound scottish i don't know how he sounded but he he was fine in the movie there was a girl in that movie who i found insanely attractive i forget her name but she's she was playing like a french woman and she apparently voices the french voice of joy in uh, inside out and it made me want to watch inside out in french just for that she was also in the walk and i have no interest in the walk because i have no interest in seeing joseph gordon levitt doing a french accent but speaking english i think that's kind of dumb but uh what are you gonna do let me uh, let me get her name i feel dumb charlotte le bon it's the first time i ever saw her and she's not particularly played sexy or she's not like sexed up or attractive in the movie but i found her attractive i don't know what to tell you but i did enjoy the movie even though it was kind of dumb and the dynamic between idris elba and richard manad was kind of a like he was a, a rebellious like i don't care or idris elba was like a rebellious i don't care fbi i think or cia i don't know and then richard madden was just kind of a a poor kind of a dumb guy but he was good at pickpocketing and i like their dynamic and i don't think they'll ever star in a movie ever again but i liked it so real quick i, I want to say that i tried i started Ip man 4 and i was very lost on the story because he said that there was bruce lee they were talking about bruce lee and I don't remember I don't remember ever seeing Donnie Yen interact with Bruce Lee so I was like I don't under or I'm lost so I wanted to watch 3 but I, you know I was like you know what I'm just going to start the series over so I just started with 1 and 2 I'm in the middle of 3 I'm enjoying them I like them I just I think it's weird that it, I I believe the Ip Man series is not considered a biopic at all and it's not trying to be it's not pretending to be but i'm just confused because if you're going to make one movie two movie four movies about ip man they're called ip man one two three four the finale or whatever why wouldn't you try to portray all, all the facts as accurate it was that was something i was grappling with when i was watching the ip man series and i was just kind of confused but i guess it's fine i mean in ip man 3 i believe he goes against mike tyson and maybe if the story of ip man was from a long time ago and they don't have many accurate you know evidence facts paper trail whatever what have you but I, I was enjoying the movie but at the same time i kept thinking like i don't i have no idea if any of this actually happened does he really go up against a japanese general at the end you know at any point of his life does he ever go up against a british boxer like i'm pretty sure none of that happened and if i had to guess i think he was just a really good really great compassionate teacher who who taught bruce lee and then bruce lee became the greatest action star or one of the greatest action stars ever and i think people want to i'm sure he was a great man but i think the legends and the stories and the lore that came after the ip man i think those became greater than 
who he actually was. I'm sure he was just a, a great teacher. That's all. But whatever. I watched Cry Macho and I kind of hated it. I gave it one star on Letterboxd. I thought it was corny in all the wrong places. I thought all of the performances were ridiculous. At the beginning of the movie, Clint Eastwood, he's a form he's like a washed out old former rodeo star. And then Dwight Yoakam, for some reason, he's like, my my kid is in Mexico and I need you to get him. But I don't understand what makes Clint Eastwood capable of this? What makes him qualified for this task? Clint Eastwood is an old man. And like I said, he's an old radio star. So why why does Dwight Yoakam think he's capable of going to Mexico and essentially kidnapping his son, taking him away from his mother, from his, his mother's henchmen or whatever? And the only thing that's you know, he, Dwight Yoakam goes, uh, you owe me, you owe me. I thought the whole movie was ridiculous. I kind of hated it. And if I have to be super, super honest, there is a sweetness to it. You know, it's corny for a reason. And I kind of hated the corniness, but it is kind of sweet in its own way. And th this hot like MILF character is very attracted to him. I didn't understand that either. He's like essentially skeletal remains at this point like walking skeletal remains and somehow this hot mexican milf is like oh I, I like this dude i didn't understand that it was ridiculous i i almost want to recommend it just to i told my brother like you should watch it just to see how ridiculous it is uh, all right i i said i was going to be quick with this and i'm very i'm being very not quick i watched through my window which is a spanish teen romance but it might as well have been called a spanish erotic teen softcore porn my wife started it and i watched it and i i really liked it it was very good it's it's i believe the spanish title is atre a través a mi ventana through my window i liked it a lot um it was as patrick walsh would say it was a purient movie it was good stuff and i i watched it with english dialogue which was a mistake english audio you definitely should watch it in its original Spanish audio. I also watched Imprint, which is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. You, I don't know if you want to check it out. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. It's made by Taish Ta, Takashi Meike. It it they didn't. It was recorded. It was taped. It was it was made for a Masters of Horror episode, and at the last second, they decided not to air it because it was so disturbing. And I watched it streaming. I think on Amazon Prime on IMD TV, and it was disturbing, but it was effective in what it was trying to do, which is be disturbing. So I respected it. I'm glad I watched it, but it was gross. It was, as Joe DeRosa says, it's rough stuff. Rough stuff. I watched Aziz Ansari Nightclub Comedian, which I'm going to be honest, I found more disturbing than Imprint, and here's why. Imprint is supposed to be disturbing, and it was, and it, it I respect it for accomplishing what it was set out to do. Nightclub Aziz Ansari's Netflix special is supposed to be funny, and I didn't found I didn't laugh once. 
my joke was I laughed when the credits started rolling. I started clapping and laughing hysterically. And it reminded me of the 33 Chilean miners when they took that first breath of fresh air and realized that their ordeal is over. That's how I felt after the after Aziz Ansari nightclub comedian ended. I didn't think it was funny. And I find it disturbing that anyone would find it funny. And this is con- this is what Netflix released as a net comedy special i find that disturbing Uh, the people who were rubbing their eyes laughing in the special i mean i just didn't think it was funny and i just have to accept that he's not my brand of comedy although i liked him fine in parks and recs and i i never want to watch that series ever again even though i liked it did i did i just say parks and sex or parks and recs tyrannosaurus rex i watched the wedding singer so for valentine's day we i don't know I'm supposed to be talking about all of us are dead. For Valentine's Day, I I put because we we were like eating in bed and I put on La La Land, but she she kept taking pictures and video and posting and she was on her phone. So I was like, we've never seen La La Land, so I don't think we're going to pay attention. So let me put on a movie we've seen multiple times. And I put on Wedding Singer and I think it's just like a perfect movie. I gave it five stars. I actually on Letterboxd, you can put your four favorite movies on and I... I took down Joker and put on The Wedding Singer, and that might change if I watch The Joker again, but I just love The Wedding Singer. I think it's peak Sandler, peak Barrymore. It's a perfect blend of comedy and romance, and I just really like it a lot. I've seen it a bunch, and I never get tired of it, and I like it a lot. So let's get to All of Us Are Dead. I apologize that this is taking so long. So first off let me just say that i'm at this point i and i think most people are kind of zombied out i i really love the walking dead in the first few seasons i hung on to hung on to it i hung on to it as as long as i could but eventually i just i couldn't take it anymore i would wait all week for the new episode and i just week after week i was disappointed i was not enjoying it anymore they kept introducing new characters and in the series and in real life i I hate new people. I don't I hate people I don't know. I don't like meeting new people and I hate meeting new people on a TV show. So, I haven't watched The Walking Dead in years. I never watched Fear the Walking Dead. I just I'm not into that show anymore but i did love the first few seasons i liked train to busan a lot i watched kingdom and i liked it and now we have all of us are dead but safe to say i'm pretty zombied out at this point but at the same time i enjoy i enjoy them it's just like superhero fatigue i've been i've had superhero fatigue for years now but at the same time i still enjoy them and they're the only movies i look forward to like i really liked the Doctor Strange trailer and I'm so curious as to who um, Patrick Stewart is playing it's like is it Professor X probably not I kind of hope it's not but we'll see I already got tickets to see the Batman because trailer looks cool and I'm interested to see the Riddler and um, I've been a I've become a fan of what's her face Catwoman I can't think of her name but um Ever since High Fidelity, the show, I really liked her. Um, Let me get her name just because I feel bad. Zoe Kravitz. Sorry. Anyway, so here's kind of my review. I I wrote it out on that letterbox as well. I like the performances. Obviously, the performances are, are great pretty much all across the board. I really liked Anjo and Chung San. 
And my favorite character by far was Namra. I really liked her. But there was a character that I hated that really brought down the series for me. And I don't even know her her name. I don't know her real name. I don't know her name in the show. But I, I'll refer to her as the bullied girl and i i understand if you're if you're bullied in high school and i know i know that affects you very badly it still happens online it's funny because you get bullied in high school and then you think oh it's over high school's over and now it's done but no there you go online you go on twitter you go on instagram you still get bullied it still happens to grown up it happens to everyone and i get it she was bullied very badly by these group of guys and that'll make you do some crazy things but i didn't i didn't really like her as a character and the thing that i hated was you know there's these zombies all around you people are dying all your friends are dying and i understand she basically had no friends but everyone's dying she's not thinking of anyone else all she wants to do is get to that room with all the phones and destroy them and i thought that was just ridiculous i'm like you know you could use these phones to get help to call emergency call the police call anyone to get to help you but you want to destroy them just because you don't want to them to upload a video of you taking your clothes off and i I get it but to for that to be the plot in this when everyone's dying and becoming zombies i i hated her and i hated that story arc and um even if it was realistic and even if that would happen in real life i thought it was dumb same thing with like you know everyone's becoming zombies everyone's dying your families are dying and the kids are still going i heard you like bear shoes like no i like chong san i didn't like that aspect of it maybe it's because i'm getting old i'm getting old and older and I, i just don't relate to high school that much anymore i didn't like that element even though that's realistic and that's probably what would happen in real life i just i didn't i really didn't like that and that brought down the series as a whole for me overall and i didn't want to tell my wife this because i know she wanted to watch this with me and she would wait to watch this with me and i didn't tell her any of this until after the series was was done but we just we watched it together and i didn't want to tell her like i wasn't enjoying the series but you know towards the end i i I started enjoying it more i gave it a three and a half stars Uh, it's like in between a three and a three and a half stars and towards the end like i i really like namra a lot and i obviously i hated the gui i think his name's his name was gui nam but i felt like he was cheating because no matter what happens he he couldn't die he wouldn't die and he was a bully and he was a bad character he wasn't a bad character but he was a mean character and you just wanted him to die and he wouldn't die and i felt he was cheating it's like you want him you want to get rid of him and you want him to die and he just wouldn't die but at the same time you have someone on their team a good character namra who i also found terribly attractive but um she's 22 so it's fine i like namra a lot and then when they were on the roof fighting against him and namra threw him over the roof both my wife and i started clapping loudly at the screen we were in our room watching it on tv and when you have a series that causes you to clap loudly at the screen like a couple of idiots you know you've you're doing something right so towards the end i i liked it then there's some weird things in the show like there's there was one show where chung san was running away and then it was at the end of the episode and guinam throws a knife at 
Chongsan, and then they even inserted a a squelch sound, like a like a squelch sound, and you think like, oh, Guinam got him, and then the episode ends, and it's like a cliffhanger thing. But then in the very next episode, they reveal that the knife, the flat end of the knife, hits him, so he's fine. It's like stuff like that, and I'm like, are they? intentionally like playing with your emotions dealing doing these kind of dumb cliffhangers i didn't like that and i i also didn't understand why when the firefighter was leaving the camp and they were shooting at him i didn't understand why he's a he's a he's not a zombie he's a sane uninfected man he's a firefighter he he's a contributing member of society and he's leaving the camp now i can understand not wanting him to leave i can understand telling him to not leave but why would they shoot at him i I, that's something i really didn't understand he's he's running away he's diving into the water why do they want him dead um does that have to do with martial law do they not want people leaving the camp why would they shoot him why would they try to shoot him dead though i really didn't understand that so there was just a couple moments like that that i didn't like throughout the show and then like i mentioned the the bullied girl i really hated her character and the actions that she did and i didn't like the high school aspect like do you like him do you like her still going on even in this zombie apocalypse so i have mixed feelings on it towards the end i started liking it more i gave it a three and a half stars it's a well done show and you know you have the the emotional element is there and it's good and the performances are are great and these young actors if they don't have a a solid career yet they i'm sure they will in the future because they're all great although if i'm being honest i really i just really didn't like that bullied girl even her acting was kind of i don't like her and her her one friend his character was despicable because he could have he could have saved that whole group just by opening the door but he left them hanging i i thought there were some interesting elements like how you know the half b half dash bie that element i i think that's new i haven't seen that in a zombie story before where the guy the scientist guy says there's a new breed of human where and they don't feel quite human they don't feel quite zombie but they're in between and maybe that has some parallels with feelings you have in high school so i thought that was interesting and you know whenever there's a new zombie movie or tv show they always try to add new elements try to reinvent the wheel but i thought that was cool mostly because of namra who i learned her name it's cho yi hyun i really liked her a lot i didn't pay too close attention to the the government aspects i know there's there's some articles written about government commentary and all this stuff but i'm sure there's some parallels and commentary with covid and how the government reacts or doesn't react to covid and their citizens and the pandemic and quarantining them and how citizens react and how citizens really end up having to fend for themselves and the government kind of abandons them i know there's a lot of parallels and commentary on that i didn't think too much on it i was just trying to enjoy the show but um yeah overall i i well i was gonna say i enjoyed it but i enjoyed some parts of it I had some problems with it, but I I liked the show. I, generally, I liked the show. That's all I got. If you want to yell at me for my opinions, I am drumj8 on Letterboxd. I am also on Instagram at odd underscore drummer. That's all I got.
Thanks for listening. Stay odd and keep on playing.